listening to Girl Talk, a podcast for girls, hosted by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Girls are go-getters, innovators, risk-takers, and leaders. As the premier leadership organization for girls, Girl Scouts sets the standard. Girl Scouts is the girl expert, and in a world full of challenges, we're in Girl's Corner. Hi, Girl Talk listeners. Right now when we're releasing this episode, we're in the midst of changing and challenging times. We recorded our conversation with Kazaya about having a creative outlet before this all started, but we think you'll find it interesting and maybe a little inspiring. A lot of us are stuck at home, and it might just get you thinking about doing something that lets off some creative steam and allows you to find your voice. We hope you're all safe and healthy. All right, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I'm here with Idel. Hey! And today we're welcoming Kazaya Ojika to the podcast. We're going to talk about having a creative outlet, which for her is creating and editing videos and posting them online. We know there are a lot of girls out there who are interested in, or already are, producing their own videos for platforms like YouTube, or doing other cool, awesome, creative things in their free time. Kazaya works with us at Girl Scouts, where she's a leader on our Connects team, helping deliver culturally relevant programming to girls where they're at in places like schools and community centers. She also does tons of other cool things, um, but we're going to get into that in the podcast. Kazaya, welcome to Girl Talk. Thanks. Hey, Kazaya. Woohoo. Yeah. (laughs) So we're so excited to have you here because we know that you create and publish videos on YouTube. So tell us how you kind of got into that and why. Cool. Yeah, for sure. So I actually started, I remember it was in high school, my freshman year, I took some kind of random class, an elective course, and it was about the computer and I was playing around and I, it was Microsoft, um, some editing thing, a very basic yeah, mic- movie maker. Movie maker, yeah, yeah my- from the old days. Is it called yeah. Microsoft Movie Maker or I, something? I think so. It's something yeah. like that. It's something kind of a, a silly right. name, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they had it on that computer. They didn't have it at our on our family computer, and so I got really into it. And I'm like, this is so cool. You can cut video and do this and add things to it and kind of make it, you know, what it wasn't before. And so I started playing around with that, and I had a really basic camera, um, a very old school camera that I would upload like through the USB upload and just play around with it. And so um, I don't know what it was about it, but I just loved editing yeah. and putting videos together, and they were really dumb. There was nothing spectacular <laughs> Yeah, what were them. the videos? Like, what were the they The videos were about, I think I did, there's just, a lot of them were music videos in the beginning because it's easier than writing scripts. It's oh, just, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like music, totally. right. So there was a lot of stuff with my friends and family just, you know, hey, I like the songs. So I put the song in the background and then just montages and random yeah. things like that. Yeah. Do you, um, like, lip sync to it? Like, no, I was just, never in them. Like, I was oh, never, you're not I'm in not, them. You're just I'm shooting not a, I'm not okay. an on-camera talent. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I would love just because I was the one controlling the shots and the videos and things like that. So yeah. I love doing that. Um, but they were just dumb. A lot of them were just dumb music videos. Some class projects every now and then, which I also wasn't in. And I would just make other people yeah. <laughs> be in them. And I would do the editing part of it. Um, so it was fun. Something I did with for friends and my family and didn't really think anything of it. Like, oh, this would be a career. I just thought it was a cool way to tell stories and something that wasn't, you know, that common at the time. That's basically how my introduction was through that movie maker software. And from there, I then decided to buy my own software. So I had saved up a bunch of money from random things like babysitting. And then I finally bought my own editing software, which I was super psyched about. And at the time, it was like $150. And that was 
pretty much all the money that I had yeah. in the world. Yeah. Like, sophomore me just spent all my money and then I bought a green screen that was, you know, also fairly pricey. And so wow. just had all this stuff and I was just doing it and, you know, it's like friend. legit green it screen. Was, it was not yeah. like a huge green screen. I mean, it's, I still like, have it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. But it was cool. And so I just, I don't know, I can't explain why I liked it. It was just something that I found, I stumbled upon and I decided like I wanted to do something with this. It's definitely very time consuming because editing is a lot of detail, but I like yeah. that because there's very specific things you can do to tell a story, like the the, the way the camera's positioned, the, the shots, the speed, the, the special effects you can add, the music, all these different things. That's not just talking to somebody. So there's a layer of complexity there and figuring out how can I get my point across or how can I make this funny or how can I make the imply that it's dramatic through the the way that the techniques that you're using. And so, yeah, um, cool. but yeah, it's kind of something that I just fell into and I can't really explain why, but that's how I got into it. <laughs> yeah. How did you like learn that stuff? Did you just read the no. internet or did you no. just like do it? It was just trial and error because at that time there was, there was, I think there were, I don't know when YouTube became YouTube. I think it was yeah. like 2008. Okay. So that was probably maybe right when I, because I graduated high school in 2010. So I think my freshman year, that was um, six-ish. Mm-hmm. So before YouTube was YouTube, so there wasn't a lot of how-tos on there probably at the time. Yeah, it was so new. So there yeah. was like some initial folks coming on and doing stuff, but it, mm-hmm. no one knew what it would become right. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a place I was going to to get information to, how, to learn how to do things. So most yeah. of it was just playing around with it and just playing and looking at the settings and figuring things out. Oh, I can do this and this way. What if I try this? And it mainly just starts with me having an idea of like, what if I wanted to, you know, make it look like this thing was dangling from the ceiling and this happened. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. the challenge in making it happen on the computer, on the editing software was fun for me. I can, you know, it's frustrating sometimes, but it was fun to figure out how can I make this idea I have in my head happen on the screen. And so yeah. a lot of it is just trial and error and playing around with stuff. That's nice. really cool. Yeah. What do you what kind of videos do you post now on YouTube? So now that you're kind of on, yeah. on that platform as an adult. <laughs> For sure. So I kind of I went through various levels. And so when I first started, I was it was just really crude um, in terms of not crude in content, but crude and like yeah. it was not well produced. It <laughs> yeah. was very anyone who would have seen like a look at would have anyone who would have seen the videos would have thought a child had has made this which is <laughs> fine i love i love watching them now yeah. um but i went through different iterations so i started doing like a lot i did a lot of music video montage stuff mm-hmm. and then um when i was in college i started thinking of ways to capture my experience there and so yeah. i would videotape experiences like talking about what i'm doing just i think but now it's called vlogging but at yeah. the time mm-hmm. i was just feel like why are you always recording so <laughs> recording you were like the original you. vlogger <laughs> I try, I try. Uh, so it was just me capturing experiences. So I studied abroad in Spain and Madrid when I was in undergrad. And so I figured this is a great way to capture my experiences yeah, while I was there. Yeah. So just recording what we're doing, what I'm up to with my friends. And then again, putting those together and finding interesting ways to display. Like if I'm having a really great experience, I just want to talk about, hey, I'm having a really great experience. Here, yeah. here I am at this place. But editing it in a way that kind of adds some drama to it and explains kind of what I'm feeling inside in a visual in a visual way. So I did yeah. some of that for a while. But now the content that I work on is not so much vlogging, but it's more just talking to the camera, which is very different for me because I'm not used to being on camera. Right, yeah. So I'm just sitting there talking about a, con- like a specific topic and explaining my thoughts and feelings and opinions. And I still do editing and adding other um, media to that, to the videos, but it's just mainly me talking 
talking to the camera. Yeah. yeah. Which is very different for me because I'm used to That's being totally out different. and about doing you've, stuff. You've become the on-camera presence. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Turning the camera on yourself. <laughs> I, it's, it's still very weird to look at the camera and like, you get lost sometimes. You're looking at yourself. You're like, wow, this, yeah. is, this is weird. Like kind of looking in the mirror. So it's, it's <laughs> right. still, I get used, I still get used to that sometimes. And now, so I assume, do you do it on a, on your phone now? Or do you do it on the computer or... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I only have my phone. And when I started this channel, I didn't know what I wanted it to be, but I knew that I wanted it to be a way to um, process kind of my thoughts and feelings. And it's almost kind of like an open diary. Like imagine if you're writing in a journal yeah. and then just taking those thoughts and now they're speaking them out into into yeah. video content, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I just used my phone and I started with that. And then um, I've added some things here and there, but not. A, it's still very like a rough, a rough setup. I don't have um i bought lights finally after a few videos people like your light your lighting sucks you need to (laughs) you need to get better lighting i'm like you know what that's right i appreciate the feedback i went and got a light and did some research on on that a light i got a stand uh, a tripod to kind of hold up my phone so it's not at weird angles so a few things i was able to do that didn't cost us um a whole lot of money yeah um but yeah it's just my phone and i still have the same editing software that I got in high school and my green screen. I think that just is like good information for like girls who might be listening who are interested in doing something like that. Like yeah. you don't have to have. Yeah. I mean, I think girls know that because YouTubers are kind of all, all just sort of, of all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be really informal or really yeah. fancy. So. And I think that's something because I thought about, you know, initially it's like, should I go and buy it? Because everyone's like, you have to get this kind of camera or this kind of microphone and this and that. So that was a little bit of a barrier in the beginning thinking what that I didn't have the proper equipment to do it because I wanted it to look really good. Yeah. And so when I started, I made a promise to myself that if I get, if I continue this for, you know, X amount of videos and I have this many subscribers, then I will invest in quality materials. But if I can't even do it now with my phone and what I have now, then I'm not going to do it when I have all the expensive stuff and I'll feel worse that I went and bought all this stuff and and didn't actually do anything. So I I said, okay, I'll keep my phone for now. And it works pretty well. Like if you have good lighting and most... Most smartphones have good enough quality that you'll be you'll be fine. They've yeah. shot full length movies on phones. Yeah, now. yeah, so, yeah. yeah so. And now, like the new iPhone, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's got like twelve megapixel camera. Right, it's like a million it's times like, better than the camera you're probably using as a kid. Yeah, it's way better. Like <laughs> totally. so much better. And my phone yeah. is not even the most. I have a, a Galaxy um, S seven, an Android, uh-huh. and it's not. They've gotten like four generations, I think. <laughs> Three generations beyond that now. Yeah, so like an 18. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's their phone qualities are great. And so I you know, yeah. encourage people that your phone is just fine. You'll be okay. Which is yeah. Phone. We sometimes talk about failure on the show and how it's tough but important. And you and I mm-hmm. talked about your own kind of epic fail yeah. before <laughs> this episode. And I was hoping you might talk about it. Um, what led you to start creating and posting videos, mm. but like kind of like... Well, I'm going to let you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I, I always tell people that my getting to college process was not the most uh, efficient. It was not the most (laughs) clear cut. Um, It just kind of happened. Uh, Neither of my parents uh, did schooling the traditional way in the States. So my mother did her, I think she did her, she did some kind of schooling in Nigeria, but then she came here and she just did um, um, some stuff 
when I was an adult, as an adult, she finished her undergrad degree. And then my father did, he did his undergrad degree here in the States, but it wasn't through the same application process. So he had a brother that had gone to the States before he did. And through a church, someone sponsored him and something, you know, yeah, so right. they did the whole process and say, hey, we can get you into, you know, North Dakota State University. Would you like to come to America and go to school? My dad's like, sure, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he always tells us he planned to come and just get his degree and then go back to Nigeria. And he's like, I don't know what happened. I just never left. <laughs> and, I, you know, once I got a job here, I figured it's just more stable. I'll just stay here. And so yeah. neither of them knew how to do the college process when it was time for um, myself and my older brother. And my older brother, he was in sports. So he's really good at football. And so basically his coaches did all the the research and yeah. you know it's different when you're in the sports world you have a little bit more support they kind of guide you through the process mm-hmm. and so for me who I didn't have anything specific going on but I was academically strong in high school so it wasn't I mean I had options but I just didn't I had no one talking to me about what would you like to do for a career where would you right. like to go and yeah. all I knew is that well I like videos and I like editing and so if I could make that a job that'd be cool and so sure. I just googled the best film school in the country <laughs> And that was my research. That was all the research that I did. And, you know, USC came up and I'm like, well, it's in California and it looks pretty and it's far away from home, which was very important to me. And so I applied and I got in and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, I <laughs> I had no idea that that would happen. And I didn't really have any next steps after that besides let me just go to the school, then go to the film school and see what happens. Yeah. My dad dropped me off on the Friday and classes started on Monday. Yeah. And I hadn't registered for classes, hadn't declared a major because I assumed that once you get to the school, they will help you figure that that out. Like, is that now why I'm here to learn stuff? I don't know, you know, what else I'm supposed to do except come here and then you guys will help me out. And so um, I remember specifically we went the day that he dropped me off on Friday, like, you know, the first day for whatever, freshman or something like that. And yeah. mm-hmm. they're like, okay, go to your major. And I'm like, oh, I want to study. I'm going to go to the film production major. That's what I want to do, right? Yeah. And then I get there. I'm like, oh, did you did you uh, apply? And I'm like, what, what do you, I applied to the school? Like, I, <laughs> I got, I got in. I'm in the university. I'm here. here. I'm like, oh, no, you need to apply specifically to with, for a major. I'm like, so I have to apply to another school? Had no idea that was a thing. I might, Apparently my research skills were not that developed <laughs> yet. And, so. and they're unusual as well, though. Yeah. Right. It depends, I well, guess, on what program you're going and into. And they didn't tell you? They didn't, like, send you a letter being like, or no, maybe you because, just didn't read it? <laughs> no, I didn't. They, I didn't even know. Like, when I looked at the school, I knew they had a film major. Yeah. They have several majors within the film school. So they have several, yeah. there's, like, writing and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so yeah. I just thought, oh, they have a film production major. I didn't even think that maybe I have to apply specifically to that school, especially since yeah. that school is incredibly competitive. To the best right. film school right. in like, the country. I just thought, you tell them this is what I want to do. And like, oh, great, welcome, come on in. Yeah, and yeah. so they informed me that no you have to apply and be accepted to the school within the university and I'm like oh can I still do that and there's obviously deadline and they're like well no you've missed the deadline for the fall of you know right. 2010 or whatever like a yeah. year ago right and so I'm like oh so what do I do like well you're you know you're a freshman so you'll just take your um general education courses for the first year and then reapply um the next the next deadline for whatever the next school year so i'm like okay yeah. that makes sense so my because my first year i was taking basically general ed courses so it didn't it didn't impact me too much mm-hmm. yeah. and so um did those general ed courses with fully confident and i even t- they even encouraged me to take maybe an intro one of the intro um level courses for the film production major yeah just so that when i actually get in i can just transfer those credits over to my yeah to my major mm-hmm. and so i here i am taking a couple classes and that taking just general ed courses and then I applied the following year and then I got the rejection letter and I was just 
I was just shocked because I there's no in my mind I didn't think there was a, a chance that I wasn't my plan was not going to go the way that I had wanted right. it to go. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll, fine, I'll do this. I'll wait a year, I'll apply, and then I'll be officially in the school. So when I got the letter that said, unfortunately, we were you know we were to inform you that you know that we're you're not yeah. you're not going to get in. I had to really think about wow. So I've just spent a year and some change doing taking courses towards this major yeah. and now I have no idea what else I would even want to study and the clock is ticking because I wanted to get out of there in four years. Yeah. So and now I, you're like living in California. <laughs> it's like, probably I'm expensive. It's, you know, well, it was, I, the first couple <laughs> years I was in you know, it, it's expensive. So I knew I wasn't yeah. going to stay there for, you know, unless I had a job, but right. it was just kind of a, a huge step back because first of all, I had told everybody in my like, Bye, Minnesota. I'm going to go. I'm going to Hollywood. Like, I'm going to go make movies and bye. I'll see you guys later. And so for me to now think, wow, I didn't get into the school. So what am I going to do now was really hard, especially since I didn't know anyone else that was, you know, my parents didn't really have a lot of opinions to give me. They were like, well, you should just, you should have been gone to med school. I'm like, what? That's, they're like, <laughs> that's, that's completely not deep. No, they, they was like, either you're a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. And I'm like, mm, no, no, no. None of, none of those sound like me. And so yeah. I just had to really like, I think it was my sophomore year, I remember writing all my options. Like, well, well, I need to find a major that I can do so I can get out of here with enough time. But also that is, that makes sense. Yeah. So randomly I had taken, um, my first semester that I had taken a random like communication class as mm-hmm. a general ed course. And that course was semi-interesting. I liked it. It was it was, it was good enough. We talked a lot of rhetoric and just talking about different things. And so um, I decided to do communication partly because I could do it in four years and I would have enough time because of that one um, class, that four credits I got. And also because I liked the content of that class. I'm like, yeah. okay, that, mm-hmm. it works enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just do that. Yeah. So yeah, I did that. And that was kind of, I, I was kind of really jaded. I was like, ugh, I was so mad because I didn't, it was also because this first time someone I hadn't gotten feedback on my work before because I was just doing it with my friends and family and I intentionally right. they, were, they were not that good. Yeah, this was the first time someone's like, "No, you're just you're not good. <laughs> you're not good enough. Yeah. Like you're That's not really you're not hard. Good. Yeah, yeah. It that was must have been like kind of devastating. I don't it know. was. It was. And I, I, you know, so I didn't do a lot of a lot a whole lot of film stuff after that. So I was just like, man, like I'm just not good. Like and right. you're seeing, and yeah, I yeah. it was super intimidating to see people who had showed up to the school with portfolios because they are serious. Like they've been doing film stuff since they were seven and they have family in the industry. And so they have full portfolios. They've been part of Film Fest. And I'm like, I made this one music video one time with (laughs) my sister. That was pretty fun. So it just felt like comparing myself. I'm like, I'm just not on this level. So this is clearly not for me. This is not an arena that I should be in because I'm just not. If you're not ready by now, then you're just never going to be ready for it. So it was a bummer for sure. How long did it take you to feel like you could start doing it again and like make it fun again. It was well after undergrad. So probably the last couple years that I started thinking about, I, this is something you don't have to be, you don't have to have the credentials to create content. Yeah. So I think that was the last couple of years is probably when I thought, hey, I could still do stuff with this medium and it doesn't have to be through an institution. So I felt like that was a barrier is thinking yeah. that, if I'm not working through a school or if I don't have a degree in this, or I don't have experience or X experience that it's not possible. So it's probably, it's very recently that I thought that I could actually do this as not a career, but something that is um, worth it without yeah. it being through. And people say, oh, did you go to film school? Like, I, didn't, I did not go to film school, but yeah. I still know but some you stuff. you sure tried. <laughs> I tried, I tried. I gave I, them everything they wanted. I think too, like YouTube offers that great platform yeah. and like sort of, 
democratizes right. like being able to do stuff like film mm-hmm. without having to do all of that extra schooling and your phone the right. fact that you can have a really solid recording device just in for your sure. hand already for sure um it it makes it so that you know anyone can use that as a tool for expression and you don't have to be a savant <laughs> for sure like yeah and it's a learning process so even if it's not great which it's never going to be great and one mantra that i tell myself now is that perfection is enemy of progress yeah because sometimes even now that i'm still doing it i'll still feel like this is not that good it's not good enough and i have to tell myself that the next one will be better like each time i do a video there's a different hurdle that i have to figure out like maybe it's the lighting for a few videos maybe it's the sound maybe it's the setup maybe it's the content or the way that i write it but every time i do a video there's another aspect of it that i feel like i improve on yeah and so half the things i know how to do now i learn from youtube is like how to do your hair how to change your car battery or how to do this and there's so much you can learn from there i just learned how to drain my water heater There's so much you can learn there. And I love that aspect of it. And I love that you can look for experiences. Like you can Google, like, you know, if you're a writer, you'll find someone on there who's also a writer, who's talking about their experiences being a writer, someone who does hair and their experiences learning how to do hair. And so I felt like I was getting so much from listening to other people, normal people, not even like there's huge. Now YouTube is a career where people are huge celebrities on YouTube and they make all their amazing amount of revenue on YouTube. But there's also a lot of people, probably more people who are just doing it because they're looking for people with similar experiences or personalities that they maybe just don't have um, locally, like around them in their their physical space. And so I felt like I had gotten so much from listening to people that I it's it's now my turn to contribute. Like I yeah. I feel like I I should contribute to the conversation and just feel like yeah I, I, my perspective is unique enough that I want to contribute and make sure that there might be someone like me who doesn't have anyone around them to talk to about this issue and they will go to YouTube and then if they see me like oh well here's someone that maybe lives across the country or across the world yeah. who is like me and talking about similar is interested in talking about this topic and we can engage and it's cool because you just meet people and it's it's different so. Yeah. So one thing we wanted to talk about was that like creating videos and mm-hmm. posting them publicly, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a personal thing, right? It's a yeah. form of self-expression. It's personal. Do you ever get kind of vulnerable in your videos yeah. and that kind of thing? And what does that feel like? Yeah. And so I, I kind of compared it to um, writing a page or a few pages in, in a journal or a diary and then now yeah. reading it out. That's pretty personal. It is yeah. pretty personal. <laughs> um, and so initially, I would say it, it went, initially I was not that because I first of all I did not share it with anyone that I know personally so I didn't share it with my family didn't share it with coworkers, didn't share it with my friends there was a few key people that were I felt like I could trust enough to say hey here's you know this this channel that I'm doing just give me feedback more for like technical feedback yeah and then people they started telling me that oh you're so brave or that's really and I'm like what do you what do you mean brave like what <laughs> You, you wouldn't you wouldn't say this like I don't I don't understand and so then thinking because I I've always been a a writer so I I have diaries from when I was like in second grade and it's, it's it's hilarious to read and so I've always been a writer so it's just taking that writing and now converting it to video and so sometimes I'll you know. I don't ever feel like I don't ever say anything that I wouldn't want people to find out. Like if I have a yeah. I'm not going to go and tell all my secrets, but it's more just about feelings like, oh, I felt like this and I felt like that. And I think because of the work that I do through the Girl Scouts, a lot, a lot of the stuff we do with the youth is about social emotional learning that yeah. I forget that the rest of the world is not, 
yet on that. So (laughs) talking about feelings in general, people are like, wow, that's so brave. I'm like, what? Like, you can say how you feel and it's it's okay. Like, you know, who hurt you? But you, um, like, have been professionally trained to, like, help people do that. Right. I'm like, this is pretty normal for me. This is a processing is pretty normal. It's talking about what you're feeling, how you're feeling, things like that. And so, but it can be vulnerable. I think for me, um, the vulnerable aspect is if you put out what you're really feeling and then somebody telling you that, like, you're dumb or because you know it's it's youtube so people will come and try to attack you not for your content but because of for who you are and so sometimes that can be vulnerable feeling like well what if i put my real self out there and people still don't like it or they have something negative to say because once you invite people into that space or into your headspace yeah then they now have a stake in 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 your how your emotions are, are, are running and so so the content that i put out there is not i don't feel like that part of it is vulnerable. That was very natural for me, especially because, like, I, I wrote a lot and um, I didn't say anything that I wouldn't mind if people heard. I just didn't yeah. want people to see it because I didn't want to, you know. The t- I always say, like, the, technically it wasn't that good. And so I don't want I don't want be too much criticism. Like, the baby says, I wanted some criticism. I don't, yeah. want, I don't want people to give me all kinds of pointers. But, yeah. um, but it definitely can be. Um, but the one thing I tell myself is that there's probably somebody out there who's thinking the same thing. Yeah. And so if I would want to have that person, if I'm going to go to YouTube and look for something, then I should be willing to also put t- put something out there for someone to find who might be in a similar situation. So I, that's what kind of keeps me keeps keeps me going and, and doing that. But for the most part, I think the vulnerable part is like the technical aspect right now. Like it's not that yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you, ha- you mentioned kind of like sort of a fear of like potentially getting like mm-hmm. negative comments or mm-hmm. have you received any of those so far or um, I mean I should say that right now my subscriber count is just a hundred ish and yeah. so it's not like thousands of people are, are giving me feedback I get a few comments every now and then yeah, yeah, and yeah. so mm, I've gotten some that are like you're just wrong and that's w- the way that you're explaining things is wrong and I'm like well how can I how can I explain my feelings wrong like, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, that doesn't make sense to me for the most part I haven't gotten anything that, that made me feel super bad but it's so for the most part, I feel like, oh, come on, like you missed the point. Like you missed the whole point completely. And my my whole thing is like, I want to make real connections with people and really talk about things yeah. that people feel like they didn't have people around them to talk about it with. And so sometimes um, people who are just not interested in engaging in a positive way there, you can tell when someone is looking specifically they're angry and they want to they, right. they want to vent to somebody like oh here's somebody who posts something that I vaguely disagree with let me just <laughs> tell you my whole life story and tell you why you're wrong and so yeah. but yeah I've, I've gotten some negative negative yeah. people on there and for the most part I just engage with them normally I'm like okay well you know thank you I usually say thank you for your thoughts have a good day <laughs> yeah like, you know, listen, if you don't want to have a, like a real discussion then I'm like thank you for your thoughts I appreciate it and have a good day and you so, have to kind of like protect yourself a little right. bit right like yeah. if you get too far into that right get really negative when i say i I was on youtube i was on youtube a lot like i was i was youtube was a a hobby of mine watching youtube and engaging with youtube and so i understood that there was a whole comments culture that people are aware of that it can get negative very quickly and people can really go on downward spirals and so i made a very intentional decision that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go into that space yeah if you want to engage in a a way that is positive then that's what we're here to do Mm -hmm. but if you're not interested in doing that i'm just not gonna continue this conversation i'm not (laughs) i'm not i'm not a absurd person that um will go back and forth with someone on a neg like negatively like i'm not interested in doing that and so if i feel like it's going that way i'll just say thank you for your thoughts and have a good day and we'll just end it there I always tell, like, if I, anything I would tell any of my students that I work with is that it's really good to have an, an outlet, a creative outlet, and to create just for creation's sake, because 
I think it does something. It's like therapeutic to create, whether it's music or it's any other of the, any of the art forms or, you know, people sew or create clothing or yeah. do their makeup or do their hair, but something that allows you to express yourself in some way. I feel like it's super healthy. And so for me, this was uh, one of those ways is just to create these videos. And so I was a writer and so I journal a lot. And so I hadn't been doing that too much. And so but I whenever I read anything I wrote from high school or middle school or watch any of the videos that I made, I'm always super glad that I have those because I can see my development. Yeah, can, yeah. Reading, if you ever read anything you wrote at 13, you'll realize that growth has happened. <laughs> yeah. Very evident. Even if you don't feel like you've grown at all. <laughs> you can see it in the writing <laughs> that something has changed yeah. in my head. And so I knew that when I started this channel, like it was documenting a process. And so I knew I would, even if nobody watched it, I knew that for me, if I watched it 15 years from now, I would be so grateful to have yeah. all these thoughts in one place. Like, hey, this is what I was feeling at this specific point in my life. And here's how I decided to express those feelings. And so I thought that um, I wanted to I wanted to have that. And so that was primarily the driver behind it is creating a space for me to document these thoughts that I can always keep with me forever. And so the second part of it was then having... Um, contributing giving back to the community and saying like let me now put something out there for someone to find and so yeah. i have gotten people who have responded in super positive ways saying that yeah. oh my gosh like i experienced the exact same thing and like there's no one like i'm in london and like yeah. there's no one that i know here and my parents are also nigerian like i don't know what to do or and so yeah. i was like oh my gosh like it's i'm so glad and you know i don't take anything i say like i'm not a <laughs> no, I, I just I don't like to give people advice. Like I don't yeah, I don't prescribe. No, I'm not a professional. <laughs> I don't prescribe things to people, but at the same time I just share my experiences hoping that people find commonalities in that and that should yeah. hopefully make them feel like, hey, it's not just me. Like there's also people across the world that maybe have going have been going through the same thing. And so and I that guess happened. That like it, what a great connection. It was so great because my family's Nigerian. So mo- both my parents are Nigerian. So there's a specific ethnic group within Nigeria called Igbo. And so we're Igbo. And so she was Igbo too. And she was like, yeah. you know. She was younger than me. She was maybe like late teens, something like that. And so she was, but I was, so I was like, oh my gosh, like, first of all, I didn't know there were that many Igbo people in that part of the country, but yeah. that <laughs> part of the world. And so she was saying like, I haven't met any other Igbo girl who's gone through the same thing. And like, this is what I'm experiencing also. And so it was just super nice to have that. And, you know, if that made her feel like, okay, I'm going to continue to be myself and that's, that's yeah. going to be fine. Then, then that was nice. It made me, it made me, it made wow. me feel good. And so those, those ones come up every now and then I'll get someone who's like, me too. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. That, really that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then it always makes me, and it's, I think so far the time it's, those comments have come up have been so timely because they're usually at a time when I'm just not in the mood for anything. I maybe have just struggled on a video for six hours and <laughs> yeah. it's still not edited. It's still not like uploading the right way or it's not, the sound isn't working the right way. I'm like, this is just nonsense. Like, why am I even like, what yeah. is the point of this? And then I'll get a ding on my phone. I'm like, read the comment. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, guys, let me go again. yeah let me yeah. try this again let's, let's like, try this let again. Try yeah. again yeah so i feel like the mm-hmm. same thing has happened to us with the podcast before mm-hmm. like yeah. where we've kind of felt like nobody's engaging with us we don't know if anybody's listening like mm-hmm. why are we doing this it's hard sometimes we don't have time and then we'll get like one new review on apple Podcasts, <laughs> and it'll be like I'm a girl and I love your show and I can't believe I found this and it means so much. And then we're like, we're okay, like, yay! Yeah. Right, we're gonna keep, <laughs> it's a great feeling. Like, going. It is a super great feeling to yeah. feel like 
it you have reached somebody or especially specifically reaching the person or the group people that you had wanted to reach right yeah you don't know where they're at they're yeah it's so nice it's like okay it it makes it worthwhile a little bit yeah this is connecting with someone so it's good and you might get comments from all kinds of people who aren't really your target audience Mm -hmm. and they're really nice and Mm -hmm. you're like you feel happy that they're listening but when when you get something true from your actual target yeah. audience mm-hmm. and that you know, connection just feels so good i so, know exactly what you're talking about i, I yeah. get people who are still great supporters and you know yeah wonderful people and they're learning something from you exactly. and they're engaging and, and what they're just like well they're not my exact audience but if you're here i'll take it yeah. you know like it's just nice <laughs> cool. having unintended, con- unintended consequences Ding. yeah it's, yeah it's also interesting too so yeah so Clearly, doing YouTube it takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, put a lot of energy in it. Kind of like what you were saying, you're struggling through challenges mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. But once you complete something, like how does it feel uploading that video and getting it posted? Yeah, like Nervous in, and like in that moment, like when yeah. you push the button. Um, <laughs> I want to know that. <laughs> so there's definitely I've realized there's a cycle of it. So how it starts is that I will just have an idea. Because I the first few videos I made, I knew exactly what they were going to be about. They're very specific. Basically, those are the more diary entry type um, videos. Yeah. And so I knew what those were going to be about. And then after I did like the first five, I kind of started running out of ideas. And like, I have to do more research and kind of figure out and develop my own perspective more and kind of to get more content. Yeah. And so... I usually will have an idea and then I'll, I have to spend like two, three hours just writing. So I'll spend time writing. I write all my scripts um, beforehand. Yeah. And so I'll write and I'm usually the most excited at that point because that's when I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, (laughs) let me write this down. Like, you know, I'm writing, I feel like I'm writing really good stuff. And then when I go to actually, I I have like a write time and then I have a a shoot time. So when I go to shoot it, then I start questioning myself like, oh, like this doesn't actually sound as good as I thought it would coming out of my mouth. Yeah. So that phase is more like, mm, maybe not. But I power through and do the, the the shooting part of it and record the whole thing. And then when I go to the editing part of it, and once I put it all together and I finish the, I do two rounds of editing. So when I do the first round of editing, then I feel great. I feel like, oh my gosh, this is so good. (laughs) It looks so good. And then I'll go to post it. And then there's a moment of, "Eh, well, this is not that good. (laughs) Then you watch it too many times and you're like, oh, actually, this is not, this is not, I I feel different about it. So when I post it before I would be checking my phone like every five minutes to see did I get any views anyone yeah. engage with it yeah so now I have a rule where like I'll post it and then not look at anything for 24 hours yeah that's smart that otherwise smart. I will be on my phone the entire time checking so I'll leave it yeah. alone for 24 hours because in that time whatever attack like whatever feelings I had will just disappear because it's like well it's out there it's done on to the next one so once I have yeah. another one to think about then I'll just forget about what I was feeling for the first one but yeah yeah it's it's weird because I I'm always hopeful, like, this is going to be the one, that this is going to be the one that is going to be so great, and it's going to, like, I've arrived, and this yeah. is the, the video, and all <laughs> yeah. the rest were just tests. And you never get to that point. Like, each one is incrementally better, but you never get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, I'm just done. I'm going to do everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so this I'm, is my format now. Like, <laughs> it yeah. always changes. It continually changes. And so it's, um, I would say, right right before I post it, I'm usually exhausted because, like, I was up on, like, midnight last night just editing, and I didn't even finish it. And so yeah. usually when I, when I post them, it's, like, 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. So I'm tired, but I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. A little bit hopeful. Like, oh, this is going to be a good one. And yeah. then, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And it's 
once you put it out there, it's no longer yours, really. It's yeah. whatever people, people will make of it whatever yeah. they want to, regardless of how you feel about it. It's it's really interesting and, like, I think good for everybody to kind of hear that there's sort of a roller coaster of yeah. emotions that happens in the creative process, right? Yeah. You're doing something creative, you're being vulnerable, you're releasing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is going to be kind of that, like, oh, I feel great about this. Oh, I don't yeah. know. This is it. And yeah. so it's kind of cool to hear that expressed and, like, everybody, mm-hmm. I think, can kind of relate to that right. when you're working on something like a creative outlet. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I think I said it earlier that my mantra now is that um, perfection is the enemy of progress. Yeah. And so even if it's not perfect, there's always something to take away from. Okay, so why wasn't it perfect? Yeah. Know, is it because this, you know, this lighting didn't look the right way or the music was too loud here or whatever the case may be? And so either way, like I've learned something from it and hopefully next time I can figure out a workaround or work through it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it is what it is. So Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, So what kind of advice do you have for girls about keeping up like a creative outlet that's maybe not, you know, it doesn't fit perfectly in with school or like Mm -hmm. a career they want to do in the future, but they really want like a space to express themselves. Right. I would say as long as you know why you're doing it, then that's all that really matters. Because if I had to count up all the hours that I spent working on this channel, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And the the, the, the sleep that I've lost right. working on this for very little gain, like sometimes I'll spend eight hours, like my entire Sunday will just be editing and then I'll post it and get like four views the first week. <laughs> and you and don't I'm get like, paid for I'm this. Not, yeah, like, I'm not getting any revenue job. from this, which was never the intention. And so I would just say, if you're doing it for a purpose that you know what the purpose is, then that's all that really matters. So for me, I wanted to have these memories so that when I, you know, 20 years from now, hopefully if I'm still around, like I want to... <laughs> be able to see where I was at that stage in my life because I think of, you know, my parents have very little. They didn't have diaries or videos, pictures from their youth and until they basically came here. So they don't have a lot of stuff to to reflect on. And so I wanted to have that for me because I found that's been helpful. And so Mm -hmm. um, whatever you're creating, if you know why you're doing it and if it's for you and you're getting something out of it, then that's all that really matters. If people don't yeah. understand it, then they don't have to understand it. If you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. if it just makes you feel good, like if you're, if you like to draw and that makes you feel good and it makes you happy and it's, you know, you're learning and engaging and using different parts of your brain that you don't get normally get to use. And that's all that really matters. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. great advice. That's <laughs> excellent advice. I feel inspired. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Excellent. I think... It's time for Would You Rather. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> That's Shana true. makes me do that uh, like, <laughs> more noise every time now. Yes, uh-huh. it, sets the, it sets the stage, right? Yeah. yeah. It sets uh, the mood. This is our first recording without Shana, so oh. it's a little different. Shout out to Shana. I need, but, I need yeah. a kazoo or something for that. <laughs> <laughs> you could totally find one. You could yeah. find one. Go to the dollar one. store. <laughs> or we could right. just like make an official expense. Kazoo yes, for <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Or we could, like, talk through a paper towel roll or something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have have a good would you rather. I always have a good one. Um, A lot of times it has, usually it has nothing to do with our conversation, but I kind of have one that's, like, maybe connected to what we've been talking about with our topic today. So, would you rather have all your thoughts appear in a bubble above your head all the time, like cartoon style? Or have everything you do all the time be live streamed? <laughs> this is a horrible question. Uh, <laughs> and we can make, okay, so we can make like a small caveat that like maybe like 
bathroom. Okay, let's take that out because then it would be like Every kind of obvious, but like obviously uh, private things. No, but like right. everybody, but if you're just sitting on the couch, but everything watching TV, else, it's live streamed. Yeah, like yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it's still. I would go because I thought about this in terms of superpowers because. I always thought that my superpower I want to have is reading minds. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize that people's thoughts are not that clear. They're always just yeah. like your stream of consciousness is not It's that, a mess. You can't understand <laughs> yeah. it. So it's a mess. I would go with the thoughts because they're not going to make any sense of it. They're going to see random. Like, they <laughs> but seeing, some thoughts are very specific. Like, like if words or pictures. They're seeing, they're seeing words. They're seeing words. Yeah. I, so like, I do think she's right that it wouldn't be like as coherent as we think right. it would be. Like it would be a lot of like and then, no, like, a train around. of thought would be bizarre. But just think, like, you're, like, talking one-on-one with somebody, and you're, like... I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, and you're thinking, like, wow. Yeah. I don't like... I don't like this person. Or, uh, like, like you clearly aren't paying attention. Right. You're, like, thinking about your grocery list, and they're telling you something that they think is really important. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would go with a thoughts one still, because right. then... You can work on your mindfulness. Right. You just have to think <laughs> totally. real hard. You have to think real hard. Think to, really uh, clearly. If people are watching, think clearly like, yeah. hey, hey, I'm present. very happy right now. I'm hey, listening really to fun. you. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want somebody watching me. That's like my word. I hate when people are watching me. And mm-hmm. so that would be torture to have. Even if it's even like, though if, you make videos of yourself. Right. Yeah, I know. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> that's different. And I, I think that one is, that's super edited too. So it's like yeah. curated. It's super curated. Yeah. And so, but I wouldn't want, like, if I'm just at home, like, but I feel like, and not even the private stuff, but if I'm just on my couch, in my yeah. sweats eating chips like I feel like that's yeah I don't want to look at me and they're like how many chips have you yeah, eaten yeah I don't want that job. yeah the whole thing all of them how many episodes of that show have you watched like how many times can you rewatch The Office because yes. I was like let's do also all of them I watched all of them uh-huh. so yeah I would I definitely go with thoughts I think that's all fine. right I'm going to go with live stream but yeah. this is my You're thought go process with live stream. okay listen this is my thought process my thought process is, I, I feel like my my personal thoughts are really important to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I feel like I need to keep them there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they can't, they don't know what I'm thinking or anything. They're just seeing me kind of like walk around. I feel like that live stream would be extremely boring. <laughs> uh, like peak level boring. Right. Maybe some interesting things would happen when I'm like at camp or whatever. Maybe there sure. would be like some drama if I have like a fight with someone. Yeah. But like mostly it would be, extremely boring sitting on your couch with figgy (laughs) but honestly if anybody has ever seen hannah's dog you'd want to watch that live stream just to like look at his like cute funny face he's only six pounds and he looks ridiculous so and his tongue is perpetually outside of his mouth (laughs) sorry i'm derailing he's a maltese he's like a rescue and um yeah he's he's kind of pitiful but in a cute way yeah um but yeah so your live stream would be boring i feel like my live stream would be super boring so feel safe like maybe people would be like oh we're gonna watch this girl she's like live streaming her whole life like that's gonna be crazy for like a week, but the they're internet moves on. In you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it moves on, and they're gonna go to the next crazy thing, and then uh-huh. I can just live my life. And they're tired of watching you like <laughs> watch YouTube and eat cereal. Yeah, exactly. like where, where does this live stream? Is it in the entire world, or is it a set? Because I was thinking with the thoughts one. The only people who are gonna see it are the people who are. Yeah, directly. I'm assuming yeah, it's posted right? on the it's, internet. It's like okay. just available for anybody like to log Twitch. into. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. like on Twitch or like <laughs> right. it's just you know or Facebook Live. It's just like all the right. time. 
Okay. Like those eagle nest cans. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. They, they do work. Uh, I've, I've seen those. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. yeah, I'm picking that because I think the internet moves on quickly and right. it would basically be like inconsequential. Yeah. It's both the most forgiving mm. and unforgiving place at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We move on. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I guess it would depend for me if there's like a comment opportunity. Right. Oh, if yeah. If there's not a comment opportunity. Maybe I would develop a fan base, and there would be like Maybe a so. separate, uh, like a like a like a a blog devoted to like recaps of my life. Yeah, <laughs> you would definitely anyone who stream, live streams their twenty four hours, they're gonna get a following. Somebody's yeah. gonna watch yeah. it. Somebody's gonna watch it. Somebody's gonna watch it. And and they're gonna be like, it's gonna be like the Truman Show, yes. you know, where you just like can't. Not watch it. Maybe I would start orchestrating like weird things to happen right. just yeah. to see if people like pick up that I faked it. <laughs> they, you would have people who would be so invested in your life that yeah. it's almost become like a codependent relationship. Like that's why that's totally. Crazy. Yeah. You know, I think I'm going to pick the same thing because Ooh. the thought thing seems really volatile. You could like, practice uh, mindfulness. Could you imagine like, yeah, because I could become like, Monk level, <laughs> clear headed. Thank you. I leave yeah. people around. Like, yeah, like just, oh, okay, there's just some ellipses in <laughs> the cloud. Like, nothing. Da, 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 nothing. nothing. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's... I just think of like meetings at work, and the whole time everybody would be just like watching, like watching <laughs> your bubble. Right. Is it only you that people are seeing? It's only you. It's yeah. only you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> are you changing your mind? I. I no, I'm still staying with it. I right. feel like I would I'd stay with it. I'm just gonna stay with it. That's a good question, I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Kazaya. No problem. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. That was great. Thanks. Cool, okay. Cool, cool. And now it's time for girls' pick. Hi, my name is Elena. I am in tenth grade, and these are my top three picks. Number one, Cameron Monaghan. He is my favorite actor. He plays an LGBTQ character and also plays really cool roles like the Joker. Second, Carmen Villalobos. She is a Colombian actress and she is an activist for animals. She plays some strong characters in telenovelas. Third, Penny Badgley because he played Joe from you on Netflix and he did a really good job portraying a crazy character. And those are my top three picks. Girl Talk is brought to you by Girl Scouts River Valleys. Our host is Hannah Gilbert. The show is produced by Adele Erickson and edited by Sarah Mikatel. For more about the podcast and our team, go to girltalk.girlscoutsrv.org. See you next time.